All right, welcome to episode two of the Professor S'mores podcast. Last week we had Mike Bean on, and this week we have Dr. Christy Guilford. Welcome, thank you very much. Thank you for coming to talk to me today. So what is your official title? My official title is Charlotte Campus Dean of Student Affairs and Academic Services. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Quite the Try remembering that yeah, on a daily yeah. basis. Yes. I don't know if I could. I yeah. don't know if I could. I'm like a professor. That's all I get. That's easy. Very easy. Very simple. Um, so what are the type of things that you would normally see day to day? So when you come in, do you mostly handle student issues? Do you handle academic or faculty issues, staff issues? What types of things do you normally see day to day? I think that's one of my favorite things about my position here at FSW. Every day is certainly different, and every day there is plenty to do. I kind of think of my job as my number one priority is making sure that the students here at the Charlotte campus have a good experience. Okay. And part of that is making sure faculty are having a good experience, um, that staff are having a good experience, and that they are trained, and they know their processes and procedures, and that the culture of the Charlotte campus um, is a good culture that promotes student-centered engagement. So you pretty much keep us all together, like the glue of the Charlotte campus. I'd like that to be what I do, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, mean, I think that's what I strive for on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, it just really seems when I come in here, you're always kind of working in one capacity or other, and it doesn't seem to be, you know, me, I, I kind of get to stay in one specific mm -hmm. area. And if I branch out, that's me kind of doing that mostly on my own, right? I mean, if I work with student engagement, that, that is not a part of my job, right? I mean, that's, I mean, sort of, but um, doesn't get, it doesn't get calculated in the same way. And that's me really kind of taking a step out. But it seems like for you, this sort of back and forth and, and sort of coming together of students, faculty, and staff, I mean, that seems pretty integral to what you're trying to do. And I can't imagine that that's easy, right? You feel like it's a hard doing that day-to-day? Because -day? you have a lot of responsibilities, right? Yes and no. Obviously, it's a lot of different kind of groups to make mm. sure are you know, moving in the right direction and having a good experience. Um, but easy in the sense that I think we have a really good group of faculty and staff That's and true. students here um, at the Charlotte campus. Of course, I interact more with staff because um, I kind of have more... Um, direct responsibility for right. making sure that uh, staff are um, doing the jobs that they need to do here on the Charlotte campus. Um, so I get to see them all the time. What I love about the Charlotte campus, um, and students love the same thing, they'll tell me that when we do focus groups or when I just, you know, talk to them, is that we are a family here. Right. And that um, everybody seems to care about everybody. Doesn't mean that the occasional student doesn't have a concern or you know, something doesn't go 100% sure, yeah. for them. Um, but for the most part, um, everybody cares about our students and wants them to have a good experience. So that makes it a little bit easy. Um, right. And for the staff in particular, but I think for many faculty as well, um, you in particular, because I love that you get out there and do student engagement things, we are a just let's make it happen for the students kind of campus. Yeah. Um, you know, our, our front... Uh, front area out there, our student services are not, you know, well, that's not really my job. Let me 
you know, over here. They work together right. and they take the student around and they, you know, help build that connection and that family. Uh, yeah, atmosphere. I will say that that is one of the things I love most about this campus is that if somebody does have an issue or if something pops up, um, the first response from everybody seems to be, well, let's figure out how we can get this to work or let me figure out who you need to talk mm-hmm. to. Um, so it does seem more cohesive, which is really nice. I mean, we do have kind of a smaller campus in some ways, um, but you're right, family is a good way to think of it um, because we're all sort of taking on the responsibility right, of the student, right, making sure the students have what they need uh, so that way we're prepared. And I think, as you point out, that's a primary responsibility of my job is I can't solve everything no, for everybody. Right. Um, but when somebody comes to me, whether it be a staff, a faculty, or a student, getting that person in the right direction to right. the person who can help them in the smoothest way possible, I think is a big, big yeah. part of what I do yeah. on a regular basis. So, guiding that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when you do interact with students, what are the typical things students come to you for? Um, what are some of the students' student needs in particular that maybe you've seen kind of pop up more and more? Because part of the podcast and part of the goal that, w- that we're trying to achieve here is getting students um, more aware of what everybody does around here. Because I feel like sometimes, you know, we do have a lot of people who are really involved, but sometimes that's a lot, right? Students are coming coming and going, so they're not quite sure who does what or what exactly that person does or what sort of things, like, if they're like, I know that I need to go to Dr. Gilbert for this, Mm -hmm. right? Um, What types of things do you really see from students when students do come and see you? What kind of student needs do you kind of, have you seen over the past couple of years really pop up? Anything in particular? Um, I'd say from the needs perspective, how I can most help students um, is probably kind of when they have a concern, not necessarily maybe, I mean, I would certainly help people if they had a concern about the service or the information they provided or those kinds of things, but the concerns about um, maybe needing resources for, I need maybe some mental health counseling or, um, because part of what I do is Faculty can send me concerns about students. Students share concerns about students with me. Students come in and say, I have an issue. And so part of that is being that central hub for all of those things and kind of keeping the pulse on our students and and how they're doing. So, you know, I'm I'm really having a a bad situation at home. I need some help. I'm not sure where where to go. Um, Then certainly I want people to feel comfortable. Sometimes it's more comfortable to go to a faculty member because you already have a relationship with a faculty member. But then that faculty member, I hope, feels comfortable saying, here's, you know, kind of the student issue I'm dealing with. What are the resources that we have to help that person? Um, Or students, you know, as I participate in student engagement things or I go to classrooms, they get familiar with me as well. And I always tell them as part of my, when I talk to them, I want you to come to me and tell me, how can we improve the Charlotte campus? Or I want you to come to t- tell me if you've got something and you need help, you need resources. I really do. I sounds a little cliche, but I do have an open door policy. Yeah. Um, and I want students to share all of that information um, with me. So I think that's one of the key roles that I play when I actually interact with a student is kind of helping them through some of those difficult situations or telling right. them about the resources um, yeah, it's funny because have. we think student affairs, sometimes, especially on my side, faculty side, student affairs, we think academic affairs, right? Mm-hmm. We just think in that sense. But this is good, I think, for students to hear, too, that student affairs means much more than that. I mean, you you mm-hmm. are talking about something that extends, in some ways, extends beyond the, the school and beyond the classroom. But 
and this is something I teach students that, you know, even those things at home that you don't think affect you here always do affect you here, right? That you can't really separate those things out. Um, so it's interesting when you talk about that, you talk about issues that can be home issues or mental health issues or, or anything that is impacting them here, anything outside that impacts them here, you're kind of, that's part of the student affairs, right? right? This umbrella is really getting them help, getting them what they need so that way they can deal with those. And that's something I don't think we think a lot about on the faculty side because we're so focused on the academics. Sometimes we forget that students are just human beings who have regular human issues. Mm -hmm. um, and even though we're trained to spot certain things, sometimes we miss it, right, because we're so focused on that. So it's good to have somebody like you who, who really is kind of keeping an eye out for that. And part of the reason I wanted to interview you for the podcast was so students could know, right, mm -hmm. that this is part of your job, right? This is part of what you do and what you want to do. Um, this is something you're really interested in doing. Because I think sometimes students think we're not worried about that part. Mm -hmm. right? And I think, I hope, if you were to ask faculty and staff, that that's one of the things that I think I do well. Um, yeah. My message to faculty and staff is, if you have a student that you have any kind of concern about, I, you know, we have different forms and different processes and all those right. things. Um, my philosophy is, if you can fill out the form, great. If you don't know which form it is or you don't <laughs> right. want to do that, just right. bring it to me. Right. You know, and we'll work through it and we'll find, you know, we'll like early the alert, the BERT. Yep. Yeah. And right. when I've met with faculty in particular before, they're like, I don't know, is this an early alert? Is this a BERT? Is this a... Doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, just come to me. Bring it in. <laughs> yep. Email me. Call me. Come in. You know, and we'll figure it out together. And the important thing is making sure the student you know, gets the help they need or that we resolve the situation, whatever it is. And my role, I think, is kind of interesting, too, because I kind of have a, a split role. One of the things that I would do on campus would be campus disciplinary procedures. Right. Um, but at the same time, my other kind of role is to be the advocate for the student um, through processes and procedures. So sometimes when I'm meeting with a student, it's a, you know, this has occurred, and I'm not sure what avenues I have to work through something. And so the college catalog can be very intimidating to a student, right. even knowing there's a policy that they could do something <laughs> right. with, they right. might not know. And so sometimes that's my role is to, you know, I might not be the person who can solve the problem for them, but we can go to the catalog because I'm versed in what's in there and the policies and procedures and say, here's, here's your steps. Right. You know, here's here's what you have open to you to help resolve this situation. And I think that's really helpful to students because they can say, I don't understand that. Or who's that person that I'm supposed to go to? And it's my job right. to help walk them through that. And some of that has been actually pretty rewarding um, in this job because you help somebody figure out how do I work this process? Because the school, yeah. as we know, is a very right. <laughs> process. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. Thing. I mean... I you know, because that's something I've talked to some students about, and Mike and I talked about this in the, in the last podcast, was sometimes the most rewarding things about the job are letting students kind of figure out that this has its own life, right? The academics, the schools has its, we have our own policies, we have our own actions. So getting to learn this stuff, mm -hmm. getting to learn how the school functions, how colleges function, mm -hmm. and a whole what kind of things we have students really sometimes don't have that aspect, but then when they learn it, they're really, oh, I'm really interested i didn't realize we had mm -hmm. all this is this how colleges generally work mm -hmm. if i transfer is it going to be like this mm -hmm. at another school um so it's interesting that you picked up i, I really like that because it's something that students seem to be really interested in is mm -hmm. i kind of want to know 
I'm here. I'm here every day. I come here for years, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. two or four year degrees. I probably should know how the school works. Um, and I ask students sometimes, you know, you, you come in and sometimes you come in, you don't know what's going on. Why don't you ask questions? And like, I don't even know where to start. Right. Who am I? I don't even know where to start to ask a question. Um, so you, you are mm -hmm. where to start for yep. both students and faculty. What, so what are the other things that faculty come to you for? We're just mostly, you said mostly your faculty interactions come to me, kind of figure things out, other processes. Um, is there anything unique to faculty that, that you've kind of noticed? I know we've changed quite a bit. I mean, we've had some change in faculty. We're into a one college model now. Mm -hmm. So for academics, um, you know, we are under this one college model where, you know, and this is great. I think that I talked to Mike about this too. The, the thing I like about the one college model is in terms of academics, academics here shouldn't be different than academics on Lee, right? Mm -hmm. Students here and students on Lee, students on Hendry, students on Collier should be receiving the same rigorous education, right? right. So that makes sense in a lot of ways. Um, but have you been, have you noticed any differences with faculty? Have you noticed any change or is there anything you're kind of um, maybe want faculty to know? Anything that, that maybe they can get more involved in? Because I feel like sometimes the faculty feel like here that they got lost in that mm -hmm. one college model. Mm -hmm. um, well, the identity of Charlotte faculty got lost mm -hmm. in that one college model. So is there anything you would want them to kind of say, hey, you know, if you feel that way, maybe come. Because we have things like the task force, mm -hmm. right? We have other ways to get involved. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything that you've noticed that maybe faculty can do to get more involved? We always appreciate, <laughs> um, you know, any kind of collaboration in regards to student affairs and academic affairs. Because when it comes down to it, we're all here, you know, we're for the students. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. And having somebody from student affairs come into your classroom and talk about their area of expertise, mm -hmm. you know, can be good collaboration. On vice versa, you know, we do a lot of student engagement events. We look for, you know, experts in areas to do things like presenters in our student leadership academy right, just, you know there's plenty of student engagement opportunities for faculty and we love that um, the task force is really focused on charlotte right um, and so that's an opportunity that um, there's two to three faculty members who serve on that as well as staff members and that really the focus of that is to say how can we do better here at charlotte right. specifically charlotte not necessarily an academic issue that would go through a department chair. Right, things just overall that occur, issues. Yes, here, how do we make um, the experience the best we can be? So um, there's been some great ideas that came from faculty through there. For example, um, faculty expressed that they wanted to be able to hold their classes outside. That was right. easy. Get some chairs, <laughs> you know, that they have access to. and so, Right, now we have to, the folding chairs in the observatory, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yep, and they can go out to the observatory. So things like that. I love things like that when right. it's, we've got kind of this need or wouldn't this be great? And it's something that's, you know, well within our ability to, to make happen. And all we needed to know was that that was a need or that was, you know, something sometimes people Sometimes you don't wanted. know, right? Sometimes right. you have no idea until somebody tells you and then you're like, well, we can fix that, mm -hmm. right? We can yes. talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. just need to know. And I like when I can fix them. Of course, not yes. everything <laughs> is an easy fix. And, you know, we've had faculty express, I'd love a covered gazebo. I'd love a covered yeah. gazebo too. Yes. Um, yeah. But, you know, that kind of goes I would then. love a Lamborghini. There you go. <laughs> and the priority of where does that fall with all the right. other considerations, you know. Right. But it's the same thing for students too. 
Um, You know, I'd love to, and I think this is one of the things I need to work on is I'd like to get out and just talk to students more. I do get out and do, you know, the dunk tank and I participate in student government and do those kinds of things when, or CAB maybe, our our campus advisory board now, um, just so that I know what's, I think I have a good handle of what's going on. Um, But just having the time and opportunity to just walk around and talk to students is not something I do frequently. So the more something like this can help say, find me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I want to know those ideas. If you think, oh, the campus could be, you know, ten percent improved by just having a something, or there's a need for this, then you know that's information I need to know. Want yeah, to know. I think the <laughs> number one consensus: students want a Dunkin' Donuts. Yes, they want the Dunkin' Donuts. Okay, well, that's good to know. No, but they do like the the changes of cafeteria mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. They've been excited about. Mm-hmm. Not so much about the Pepsi. This is a point of this <laughs> is a point of Pepsi great debate. Coke, yes, okay. this is a point of great debate among students. Uh, mm-hmm. Very unhappy about mm. the removing of okay. some of the, the, the Coke machines. Well, but. I think if they have an opportunity to go down to the arena, maybe for some of our basketball games that are coming up, <laughs> they will see some some good stuff that makes them like Pepsi maybe a little more. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay. Give them a little something, entice them to yes, come in. Right. Yes, they're going to be a really good partner, I think, for us, particularly for our athletics. Yeah, and this is something I've been trying to explain to students. I was like, you know, this is bigger implications, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yes, I am a Coke fan. I've loved Me Coke. Me too. <laughs> um, but you're right. I mean, this is going to be, you know, this is going to be very helpful to mm-hmm. us. This is a partnership we can actually use. It'll be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's hard to see that, right? But it's... It's there. Mm-hmm. How does, and this is something that I, I'm not sure how much you can talk on this, but how much does, we have a collegiate high school on the campus here. Mm-hmm. Um, how much does that impact us as a, a, a sort of unit? Because the, the consensus seems to be, and this may totally be from, you know, being on the Lee campus sometimes and coming from Henry, things like that. The consensus seems to be that our campus is the collegiate high school campus, right? Sometimes people um, kind of label it that way, although they make up a very small percentage of our total student population. Um, total, right? If we have mm-hmm. 16 or 1,500 students, right? Mm-hmm. That'll make up a huge percentage. But do you notice that that impacts us differently? Is it hard to have the collegiate high school here? In the sense, not that they're hard, but in the sense of that you were dealing with two totally different systems, right, that are kind of being merged together. Um, does that, is that difficult for, for you and for the staff to handle? Because I know sometimes they have very different concerns, very different needs than some of our uh, more traditional students who are coming from um, high schools or who are even returning students um, who are like, there are 15-year-olds in mm-hmm. this class. I'm so confused here. Mm-hmm. Um, but even just day-to-day, sometimes they have much different needs. Does that impact you at all? Uh, do you find that that's you know part of your job is, is kind of working in, in that system? Certainly. Um, right now is a perfect example. Registration just yeah, opened. Registration, yeah. Um, and they register differently than yes, our, yeah. our graduate student, our students who have graduated high school and are here because everything has to go through their high school guidance counselor because they're meeting high school right. requirements and college requirements at the same time. So definitely from that perspective, we work very closely with them. And I just spent the last two days you know, working through those registrations <laughs> right. and working with their students. Um, but I think from a day-to-day kind of process perspective, um, now that they've been here for a little while, and of course we focused on that in the beginning when they came here, right. we've got that down pretty well. Um, and of course I um, 
work with the principal of the collegiate high school as needed on any kind of you know, right, student. he's one of my, I'm trying to get him, trying to for, get him. One, for one of the podcasts, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. But I think you're right that it does have um, a pretty big impact because of our, our size of our student population. You know, the Lee campus has the same amount of high school students for the right. for all intensive purposes, right. um, but you don't feel them on the Lee campus because right. they're a part of 15,000 students. Right. Here we have 200 <laughs> students that are a part of 1,500 students. students. yeah. And they're students who pretty much, when they're here, they start in the morning and they stay Stay, on campus all day day, until they're done. So they make a big presence, you know, here on campus. Yeah, yeah, and that's something I've been trying to do, too, is is find a way to increase student presence from, um, like, returning students Mm -hmm. or or, or students who have graduated from high school who have come in, because sometimes they feel like, they see the students from the collegiate high school, and I try to explain to them, but that's just because they're here. Like, this, they have to be here all day. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is that, that's just their life. It's not, um, they're not, like, trying to live here all right. day long. That's just what they they do. So, but why do you not feel like you don't, are underrepresented, or why do you feel like you're not um, in, included in this? And that's something I haven't really quite figured out. Mm-hmm. How to do? I know Mike. We talked about this quite a bit. Is that you know some of the activities and leadership roles he's really tried to to get that engagement, especially from returning students, students who are, you know, um, who have been in the in the career market for quite some time, who are kind of coming back. Sometimes it can feel a little bit um, like you're really out of place. And I've had students who are older come to me and say, "I don't feel very comfortable here," and that makes me sad. Right? I don't want students to ever feel like um, that this isn't a place that's comfortable for them. But I'm not sure how to work with that because their presence is so felt here. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I I think part of it is we don't interact very much. Like the us faculty, academics on our side, and students um, who are you know graduating from high school or returning students, we don't really get to interact with them unless they're in a class, Mm -hmm. right? Unless they're in a class, unless they meet. Um, So how to do that? I'm not sure. I don't know if you you know. If, if that's something you've thought about, because it, it seems to be very difficult to blend those two together. Because like you said, it kind of gets um, muddled on the Lee campus since they have 15,000 students right. out of the, the 200. Um, but here, you know, it, it seems to be a bigger a bigger issue. And I don't know. Have you noticed that in student affairs? Yeah, I think it's, you know, when the collegiate high school came on board and we got to the point where we had... Um, fully dual enrolled juniors and seniors, you could see the change in dynamic. Yeah. Um, when I first started here 17 years ago, the average age of our student was 29. Right. College wide. Right. Right. Um, and and as, now it's 24. Yeah, we're up in the, yeah, the 24, young 20s. 26 or something like that. Yeah. So we're getting a lot more dual enrollment, but also traditional aged right. high school graduate students. Um, and I think before we had the collegiate high school, student engagement and activities and workshops was probably twice, if not more, challenging because we have our computer campus, more <laughs> right. non-traditional yeah. students. They have lives outside of school. Right. You know, they don't have to stay here for their entertainment, for their engagement. They've got work and families and all of those things. When the collegiate high school students came and they're here and they're a captive audience, we saw engagement grow because right. they're used to being a part of, oh, let me be in student government. Oh, let me be a part of this club. And so in some ways, it's really enriched 
you know, what opportunities both our traditional and non-traditional yeah. students have. And I've heard really good things um, went from, you know, kind of our older students about interactions with the younger students, particularly in the classroom environment, because yeah. you get to have really different perspectives when you discuss and, yeah. you know, those kinds of things. And so the, I think from an academic perspective, it's enriching. Yes, you're right. The key is how do we show get that enriching stuff to be outside of the classroom? How do we get those students who would normally leave our campus to feel comfortable over, right. and stay here? Um, I know that in some areas, because we're a smaller campus, once 10 or 15 collegiate high school students are in one location, it's, <laughs> you know, some of our other students feel uncomfortable right, going to that. that. Um, and, and we know that's a, a, a concern. And at some point, hopefully, um, our enrollment will continue to grow and we will do... Um, I think the next thing on our master plan outside of Western Michigan stuff is a student st student services, student union kind of building where that I think we could be really purposeful about yeah. our space and how to do like that. that. Because in general, we don't have a place for people who want to stay. Yeah, we don't have a central location. That's big yeah, to true. hang out and, true. you know, really be be engaged where we could have lots of different groups. Right, and that's definitely something that the Lee campus is trying to do, right? I mean, they're mm -hmm. trying to build these spaces so that way. Yeah, I mean, I like that idea. I mean, mm -hmm. so you bring up Western Michigan. Mm -hmm. So this is an interesting um, interesting topic. How is that partnership going to Are you going to be affected by that partnership at all? Is the staff going to be affected? Or is it sort of right now in its kind of early stages enough where um, – we're going to see more of a, a kind of a division. They're, they're kind of doing their thing in the E-building, and we're kind of doing our thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I know the goal is hopefully more integration later, but are you being impacted by the uh, Western Michigan Certainly University? Certainly we're in the early stages still, yeah. as you say, and I think there are lots of different factors. You can imagine there's lots of things to consider when you start a partnership right. um, like that. Um, I think we will be... I think they're going to have some of their own staff. Um, so, you know, they will be able to do their own registration and their own, you know, different pieces. But certainly it is hope, hoping that we can have some merging. For example, students who might be in, interested in their aviation program would start here with us. Our advisors would be knowledgeable. Okay, your plan right. is to go to Western Michigan in aviation. Here's what you need to do with us. So from that level, it'll impact our staff right. knowing their programs and how, what we can do to help right. students be prepared for those programs. Um, and certainly they seem very flexible, at least um, in the aviation program, that students might be doing aviation and our classes at the exact same time. So, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of, of mix. And, of course, I think the key is we need that kind of um, signature programming yes. to draw enrollment to the Charlotte yes. campus. And hopefully... Um, you know, we're looking at some degrees that we can offer specifically at FSW that will feed to their Western Michigan programs. And those programs might be unique enough to the area where people would actually come, um, right. you know, from Bradington's and Sarasota's and from Fort Myers to right. take classes here at Charlotte, which would be fabulous. That would fabulous. be great. Yeah, that would be. I mean, that, that's another podcast I'm trying to, I'm still trying to <laughs> lock down. Dr. and Dennis Wright mm -hmm. for our podcast to talk more about the Western Michigan mm -hmm. Union or partnership yep. um, with the aviation program. I know we have the, the new sign now, which looks mm -hmm. very nice. Overshadows mm -hmm. our sign a little bit. It's very big and bold compared to our sign, but 
Um, and it looked so small before they I unveiled know, it, it when it was behind the little yes. white curtain. It looked I thought, tiny. Oh, it was I was like, tiny. Yeah. I was like, is this just going to be a tiny little, what is, what is behind that? And then they pull it off. I'm like, wow, that is That's bright. large. Yeah. That is very big. In the morning when you come in that way, the sun is shining right on it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh. It's like, and then you look over and in the darkness you see Florida stuff. Like, maybe we should have switched sides with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that way we had the... But, you uh, just have to start driving in the other I know, way. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I'm just going to come around yeah. the other side. That's that's very true. That's a good way to think about it. Um, all right. Is there anything, um, as we sort of hit the end here, is there anything you would like students or faculty to know? Any last parting thoughts? I think the important things I wanted to get across, I hope came across in that, um, you know, sometimes I think people aren't sure what I do, not sure who they should ask, you know, don't want to bother the right. dean, or well, the dean is hear, a scary person. Yeah, people do hear the hear word dean, and they automatically think, yep. ooh, this person's a disciplinarian, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And while that's an aspect of my job, even when I do that, I like to think I am not scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, scary so, is not a word I would ever use to describe you. Good, so, okay. Yeah, I think I'm you're fine there. That. Um, so... You know, I am a good person when it comes to I don't know where to go, what to do. I have a concern. I have an issue. I just have something I want to share. And I want to know all those things. And I sincerely want to help faculty, staff, and students. And I want to, you know, you brought up earlier kind of that culture of the Charlotte campus. And maybe that faculty felt they got a little... You know the culture of Charlotte got a yeah, little, a little lost changed, yeah, or a little changed. Lost, yeah. mm-hmm. and so that's something um, you know that I think about quite frequently. We are trying different things um, in regards to social events or times where we can get faculty together to have breakfasts and learn things, right. and, you know those kinds of things. But um, the culture here is very important to me. Maintaining that we are a family and that we are here for students and showing students that we care, and so I am always open to. Yeah, recommendations do, and ideas. I do think that that is the biggest fear um, is that the culture is changing in a lot of ways, right? Not just for mm-hmm. faculty, but for staff too. There's a lot of reorganization. Um, and that can seem scary right off mm-hmm. the bat. But in a lot of ways, I, you know, I'm kind of like what you're trying to do is in the faculty side, I'm trying to, you know, mm-hmm. let's think about it in a different way. Um, yes, we might have lost this sort of sense of Charlotte is a different identity than this in terms of academics, but imagine what it opens up to us. It opens up many different resources. It opens up many different faculty members who can come here. Because before, um, you know, you were a professor on the Charlotte campus or you were a professor on the Lee campus, and those designations are gone now. You know, so if we need help or if we need more faculty, Faculty can transfer here. We can, you know, we, we can get the help that we need, um, and, and vice versa, right? If they need help in the Lee campus, uh, mm-hmm. and so I think I'll be teaching one class on, on Fridays mm-hmm. on the Lee campus because they just have so many eleven oh ones, and they just don't have the number of faculty. Um, you know, so that's great. I mean, th- this opens up a whole new world for us. But you're right, the culture is really important here. So keeping that, um, but without sacrificing anything, right? right. Is sort of the goal. And, and that can be difficult, but that's the work that we do, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what we mm-hmm. try to do. And I think the president's point when he comes and does town halls, town halls is very valuable 
um, but I think it's easy to kind of skip over. In a one-college model, part of why you implement that is because you're looking at things, as you said, as one college. So right. it's not a competition between yes. the campuses. Yeah. Um, in our previous model, you know, it was each campus kind of vying for what they they needed, their yeah. pot of money, their faculty, right. their their. We were kind of like battling how many faculty we can get between here. ourselves, right? Yeah, right. We were, yeah. And so the goal is now you have people who are looking college wide and saying, okay, this is our need for English classes college wide. Right. How do I fill that need with all of the resources right. that I have? Um, yes, it, it's change. Um, yes, initially there's some pain that comes with that as you look at what are the resources and where are they needed and how do right. I utilize them best. Um, but it is, um, I think, in the, the long run, something that can be very valuable as we, you know, it takes time to get it all figured out, though. It does. You know, does. and so um, we just need to, as you said, kind of approach it with an open mind, talk about what the positives are, the benefits, help people. I think part of my role is help people when they say, I don't know where to go now, or I don't right. know what to do, or, boy, this change really makes me upset. Here's where who you go to. Right. Um, here's why why this change occurred, and here's some of the benefits to that. And kind of help move everybody. Yeah, because sometimes it's just communication, right? It's mm -hmm. just communicating what has happened or, you know, what the effects are, what this means. Because without it, right, we can't do our one job, which is to make sure students are you know, make sure students have what they need, right. not just in terms of academics, but in student life engagement, student student affairs. You know, we, we need to communicate. That's been, I think that has been, and I've said this a number of times, that has been our biggest problem, is sometimes <clears throat> we, <clears throat> not refuse, but sometimes we, we, we really forget how important communicating between different areas are because you know we designated faculty staff administration mm -hmm. students and sometimes it's easy to get stuck in those designations faculty do faculty things staff do fa staff things um, but the more that we communicate like the more I learn about your job the more I learn about Mike's job the, the more I learn about what the staff does what the advisors do I, I feel like the better I'm able to help and talk to students so that when they say I have an issue I know exactly who to send them to. I'm like, oh no, I I, I can help you with that. I already know. Let's go talk to Brenda. Let's go, you know, talk to uh, Patty. Let, we, let's go talk to Dr. Gilbert. Like, let's mm -hmm. um, talk to Mike. So opening that communication, I think, is crucial. And hopefully, this is going to help a little bit. And that was kind of our idea for the podcast was just one, letting people know who's out there, mm -hmm. what they do, um, but also I hope that faculty and staff listen to these too, not just for students. Um, so that way they can kind of learn and learn to communicate a little bit better um, or find different avenues for communication mm -hmm. even. Because sometimes in faculty, I don't know if it's the same on, on your side, but we just email. We're just looking at email <laughs> constantly. Um, yeah. And sometimes it's really hard to get everything across in an email. And if it doesn't mm -hmm. come in an email, we don't see it. Or if it does come in an email, we just shove it to the side. It's one of the 200 emails <laughs> yes, you got exactly, that day. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes things get lost, right? Mm -hmm. 
and communication is one of our standing topics on our task force. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we've yet to, I think I'll become a millionaire when we figure it out. <laughs> I'll go around you and market will, it. You will be a superhero yes. as soon as you figure out a way to make this work. Yeah. But as, you know, we just keep kind of that, that topic on there to see, does anybody have, yeah, kind of that new idea? Right. You know, an email is great, but as you mentioned, there's there's issues with emails. Is it flyers? Is it everybody groans at more meetings? But right. could be could is, be is more, it meetings, more meetings. Yeah. You know what? What is that way that we need to, you know, build that communication? Because I think that is very Magic important. Little angels that deliver messages. To you. <laughs> just drop them right into yeah, your just brain. Drop them right into your head. So you're like, oh, thank you. Yes, I, I remember. Yes. Okay. All right. I see a new business venture. For yeah. Us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't steal this idea. Okay. Um, But thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time out to talk with us. Thank you as well. All right. We'll, We'll see you next time on the next podcast.